0: Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Well, well, well folks, it's another week in paradise, maybe, depending. depending on where you live. I mean, here in uh, sunny San Diego, it's still like a billion degrees, so, you know, I'm struggling with that, and it's humid, humider than ever before, more humid than ever before, I should say, because, you know, humider is not a word, but but we got a fun show on schedule for you guys. Well, it depends on your definition of fun, of, of course. I mean, Everyone has a different understanding of, of their fun and, and things like that, but but it's it's, it's nothing to uh, get worked up about, if, if you will. Anyways, uh, I'm your host, Nick. Welcome to Nick's Nerd News. It is a fun, fun episode ahead of us. Please make sure to like and subscribe if you want to on your preferred podcasting service of choice. But uh, here we are on April 26th. Yes, we are talking about stuff in the past. We're not really going to talk about this week uh, so much. Um, I do want to point out, though, that uh, nothing nothing is uh, what it seems, <laughs> if you will. Anyway, anyway, let's get into video games here in uh, what's going on in this third week of August. Anywho, uh, first bit of news here, Uh, It looks like Sony has confirmed that they are working on whatever their next-gen VR headset will be. Uh, We don't know if it will be a PSVR, but it will be something. uh, Something, that's for sure. According to uh, a job listing that UploadVR noticed, uh, Sony is hiring, quote, next-generation VR head-mounted display, uh, a team to create it, But, uh, quote, with a view to five years from now, so it's going to be a while before this is released, so it's probably something in the future, Uh, we don't have a PSVR 2 that hasn't been announced or anything like that, but (laughs) if this does come out, I don't know if I talked about this on the show, I don't remember, Uh, they had sought patents looking to way to advertise stuff in your headset, which... Advertisements in VR would be very, probably very, 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 very annoying. But anyway, look out for that uh, probably whenever PS6 is announced more than likely. I don't even remember if PSVR will work with PS5. I don't remember if they announced that or not. Anyway, Hitman 3, uh, IO Interactive confirmed that Hitman 3 will essentially end the trilogy. So the one that started with the Hitman reboot several years back. Um, They've also announced a bunch of new multiplayer modes to go along with that. But, uh, it will be completely playable in VR, and it will be an exclusive on Epic um, in, when it launches early next year. At least on the on the PC side of things. It will be on consoles as well. Uh, also announced uh, the great roguelike game Hades, which was announced several years ago uh, at one of the Game Awards, in a game where you essentially play the son of Hades. It, it's it's uh, similar to, to Dead Cells, where if you die... You spawn back and the map changes a little bit and you kind of keep going and going and going. Will be getting its first console port and is headed to Switch later this year. Which I'm really excited about. I have it on PC and I I really enjoy it. I think they did announce cross-save as well. Uh, And if it does have cross-save, I'm definitely going to get it on Switch. Because I would like to play it up on the big screen or be able to take it around with me. Because obviously being confined to a computer chair to play a game like that isn't always the best. Other than that, though, it's a really fun game. It's got a beautiful art style. You get to interact with a lot of the different Greek gods and things like that. And it's 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 a really fun game. Definitely check it out. Uh, it's on both the Epic Game Store and the Steam. On Steam, I should say. <laughs> uh, also, big news for if you're big uh, you know, Steam fans. Granted, this game is on all consoles at this point as well. Ep- uh, Untitled Goose Game will be getting a co-op mode where you can now... You can now gleefully play out amazing pranks honking the day away with a friend in Untitled Goose Game. Now, I've pretty much beaten the game, and there are some like more time trial stuff you can do, and, and extra uh, different little challenges. And it's still fun to just hop in to the game, even if you've beaten everything, because it's still fun to just mess around and just honk at people unexpectedly. It's 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 really fun. And and definitely one of the most unexpected hits I I would would ever expect to to love, and like you wouldn't expect a game where you just play as a goose fucking around would be like like a breakout hit right? But it is, and it's it's just it's really fun to just dick around. It really is, and it, it's just a break from other shit. You know that's why it's fun. I think uh, anyway, uh, Facebook and Oculus have announced that uh, starting October first. Uh, no, October 20th. Uh, any new Oculus accounts will require you to have a Facebook account. Meaning you won't. You have to have a Facebook account if you want to play Oculus. Of course, a lot of the community is in uproar over this. A lot of people don't want Facebook accounts. They don't want Facebook, you know, tracking them. Which, to say to them is, um, Facebook has owned Oculus for years now. I, I think you're a little beyond that. Maybe just don't buy an Oculus, you know. But uh, they also said that if you have an existing Oculus account, you will have to transition over uh, starting in January of 2023. So you still have time if you don't have a Facebook account and you have an existing Oculus. But I haven't gotten one yet. I, I do want to get one maybe this year. I, I don't know how my equilibrium is going to do because I've done VR type things in the past and have not ended well. So I just I want to want to see how things go. I had a a bout of vertigo a number of years ago, and ever since then I haven't really trusted myself, uh, compared to what I used to do. Like, I went on roller coasters like a year or so after that, and it just, I did not feel good. So, I just, I think I need to work back into my way, and I think VR might be okay for that, but we'll see. Who knows, maybe I'll get it, and I'll throw up every time I use it, and I'll have to sell it, but... It's worth trying for sure. It's worth trying. Yeah, if you have an Oculus, uh, you got to get a Facebook account if you don't have one. But you have time to do that. Otherwise, if you buy a new one after October 20th, you got to have a Facebook account. But yeah, that's happening. So I do want to go back to Halo Infinite here for a bit. Last week, of course, we talked about how it was delayed until 2021. You know, of course, following the previous week's uh, the previous week's news. Excuse me. And well, a new report has come out. From Thorot or Thoreau, claiming that Halo Infinite's development has been, you know, hurt by the fact that they're focusing on the TV show, and uh, there's a lot of, you know, they're they're outsourcing to a lot of studios. Of course, 343 said, "quote, uh, completely independent projects," uh, talking about the TV. Uh, It is not a distraction. Quote, 343 Industries has a devoted transmedia team that is working with Showtime on the creation and production of the Halo TV show. This group is separate from the Halo Infinite development team. These are two completely independent projects with dedicated teams and leadership that do not impact one another. Which, you know, makes sense because Bonnie Ross is head of Halo and Chris Lee, who is the studio head, is in charge of Infinite. I don't see why he would be in charge of the TV show as well. Yes, he probably gets updates, but I don't see why that would impact the development of the game. Now, I I don't want to say that this might not entirely be true, but I, I fathom that the TV show isn't really affecting it. However, the other report says that the recent delay is affected by outsourcing, which I could buy into that. I don't see the TV show as a significant distraction, Um, This is an investigative report, like I said, from Thoreau... ...saying it's a turbulent development cycle. And... Yeah, a quote... A significant portion of the game is being outsourced to third-party contractors. I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. Why would they outsource a significant portion of the game? Their job as 343 is literally to make Halo. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, They also said that while it is industry standard for AAA games... Um, that but they have an unusually high level of outsourcing. And another quote from Thoreau Thorat Thoreau, saying, the coordination between the many different companies contributing to Infinite has been rough at best, quote. They also say, this is per their inside source, quote, was at a ratio higher than a typical studio undertakes during development, unquote. Uh, also, quote, oversold expectations for Infinite's later demos, quote. Um, and another quote, have been on two different planets, apparently between marketing and engineering teams, which well, makes sense for marketing. I'm not even going to go into that, <laughs> into that can of worms. Uh, but I guess the loss of Tim Longo and Mary Olson, the high-profile creatives, helped stir this. I don't know about that, but I guess that, that played into the Meet the Holiday, so they weren't able to meet their holiday 2020 deadline, of course. Granted, COVID didn't help either, I'm sure. And the, the fact that this is, quote, the TV series has been a significant distraction for 343 management, unquote. Uh, quote, taking their priority instead of focusing on making sure development progress is on the right path to reaching its targeted deadline, unquote. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Bonnie Ross and Phil Spencer would not let that happen. That's just me. Um, 343, of course, uh, refutes these statements. I, I said that before. And I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just want a good Halo game. That's all I fucking care about. That's all I care about, okay? Just make a good fucking Halo game. Just just be good. Just be good. That's it. That's all I ask. Please, that's all I ask. All I really ask. Uh, Sega, after recently porting, I think it was, Persona 4 to Steam... Because of how well it did, they are now going to aggressively, aggressively port their games to Steam. I don't know why they weren't there before. And I don't understand why you're putting an old game like Persona 4 there. But good on you, Sega. Good on you for making good moves. Um, Also, some data miners have gone into the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater demo. And found some secret characters, uh, one of which being Jack Black playing someone, the other being a gray alien. So just a, a, a big gray alien. But nonetheless, it's, it's good to see that they're going to have, you know, hidden unlockable characters like they did in the old games. Uh, what's going on? Uh, Microsoft and Xbox have re- revealed a new unit user interface for the Series X uh, 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 and across all platforms when you utilize the Xbox app. Uh, of course, in an effort to more streamline everything since the original launch of, uh, launch of the Xbox One and everything like that, they, they've kind of been uniform, and it's, it's good to see that they are continuing to update and make things a lot smoother and better as the console and the ecosystem grow. Of course, this was already shown off in their new and updated store storefront for the Xbox console, um, which has not been released to all users yet, but a lot of the people in their um, ambassador program who like to sign up and get stuff early. Uh, like they're, um, not get stuff, but they get updates to the console early. I'm in one of the lower tier rings, not not stuff right away, because those can be system breaking sometimes. But like the second or third ring, um, so that way, uh, the insiders program, that's what it is, not ambassadors. Uh, that way, you know... I get stuff when it's a little more refined, but still before the general public. So I'm still waiting to see when that happens. Anyway, uh, we got confirmation that the new Call of Duty will be Black Ops Cold War. And uh, today, earlier today actually, they did the announcement trailer. We will be talking about that on next week's episode, so stay tuned for that. We also got uh, an announcement... In regards to when the Crisis remastered and that has now been pushed back to September. So be on the lookout for that next month. Um, Still haven't sent out a lot of trailers, but I'm sure we'll get one soon. Uh, Gamescom is tomorrow. So I'm sure sure we'll see some of that there. Uh, Also, uh, Cuphead is going to be getting another graphic novel from Dark Horse. It's going to be their second one after they released one last year, so that should be really fun. And of course, uh, here we are in another week talking about Apple and the Epic fight. Um, Epic, of course, filed an antitrust lawsuit last uh, week, saying that Epic uh, App Apple is doing shady shit. I guess I don't know. Per CNBC, uh, Phil Schiller. On June 30th, 2020, quote, on June 30th, 2020, Epic's CEO Tim Sweeney wrote my colleagues and me, ask, me an email asking, quote, for a special deal that would fundamentally change the way in which Epic offers apps on Apple's iOS platform, unquote. Uh, Apple says that they requested to offer Epic Game Store app on the App Store that would let iOS users install apps directly from Epic and bypass Apple's payment processing options. Um, quote, all of the injury Epic claims to itself, game players and developers could have been avoided if Epic filed its lawsuit without breaching its agreements. All of the alleged injury for which Epic improperly seeks emergency relief could disappear tomorrow if Epic cured its breach, unquote. They filed a lawsuit over anti-competitive behavior. I, I don't know. It's all because Apple wants to make money off of their stuff. Epic wants to just bypass them. Um, following in on that though, Microsoft filed a statement in support and, uh, says Microsoft, quote, in support of Epic's request to keep access to the Apple SDK for its Unreal Engine, uh, unquote. Microsoft says, quote, is the right thing for gamer, thing for gamer developers and gamers, unquote. Uh, Phil Spencer shared the following on Twitter and it says, uh, it's, Epic Games, um, sorry, this is from Kevin Gamel, the gaming developer experiences for Microsoft, and quote, said, critical technology from numerous game creators, including Microsoft, which is the epic uh, Unreal Engine, unquote. And while a lot of studios do use their own engines, Unreal Engine remains one of the top choices. Uh, If you guys haven't noticed, there's always an Unreal Engine logo on pretty much almost every game you play. Microsoft also said, quote, As many functionality as Unreal Engine across multiple platforms, including iOS, unquote. They also said, quote, An enterprise-wide multi-year Unreal Engine license agreement and has invested significant resources and engineer time working with and customizing Unreal Engine for its own games on PC, Xbox consoles, and mobile devices, including iOS devices, unquote. Um, But essentially, Microsoft is, is, uh, no surprise here, supporting a company (laughs) against Apple. Because, granted, they're having their own issues with Apple. Because Apple doesn't want them... Apple wants to review every game released if they're going to put Game Pass and shit on. And it's like, what's the point of the ESRB, then, if Apple wants to do another review and just delay shit? Like, you're just hurting users on your own devices at that point, Apple. Just grow... up. just stop. Just stop being anti-consumer in some places and then being pro-consumer in others. You know, you, you put on a big show a lot of times, Apple... And you're, you're not the apple of, of Steve Jobs, I'll tell you that. Okay? Tim, Tim Cook is a different animal. And sometimes I wonder if Tim Cook was the the lion in sheep's clothing. Because sometimes he do, he tends to be in charge of more shady shit than than Steve ever did. But, you know, who knows? To each his own, I guess. That's why I'm an Android guy. And I miss my Windows phone anyway uh, let's talk about what's going on in the tv world uh lucifer did return this past week i have not had a chance to watch any of it really i watched the first episode but that's not saying much Uh, so far it's off to a good start um but let's talk about some news here but anyway uh jensen ackles you know star of supernatural will be joining season three of the boys when they start production on that good to see him sticking around and and getting work right away he is a beloved actor, people love Supernatural. I can't say that I've ever watched an episode with sound. Um, it used to always be on at the time when I would go to the gym, and it would be on on a TV, but I couldn't hear what was on. So I just watched with subtitles. It, it's a, I, I want to watch it. It's just 15 seasons is, whoa, hey, a lot to get into, you know what I mean? And But no, Jensen Ackles joining the show I think would be a really good thing. That will bring another big name to the show to draw more people in. But, but definitely Jensen Ackles is a big name in TV. And you could definitely pull in that supernatural audience by just attaching him uh, to the show. So it's a big, big move for, for the boys. Uh, they already have a solid cast, but bringing someone like that in will just help things uh, go to the next level, if you will. Um, if you guys are big fans of Avatar, and of course it's taken the world by storm now as a lot more people are finally watching it. Uh, the unaired pilot has been released online. You can watch that. Uh, from what I've seen, a lot of people are saying how different it is from the main show, but still having the same vibe. But uh, nonetheless, it, it is something that it sets the tone. Because a lot of times, of course, um, a lot of times you don't get to see the pilot episodes of shows. So it's it's always fun to see what the creators use to kind of pitch their idea to, to the studio and, and and things like that. But uh, it's it's interesting for sure. Uh, Showtime has ordered a new show called Moonbase Eight about a group of astronauts in the Moonbase uh, testing facility trying to get on their chance to go to the moon, and it's got a solid cast: John C. Riley, Fred Armisen, and then Tim Heidecker of Tim and Eric awesome show fame. And if that doesn't sell, say, comedy gold, then, then you're living under a rock, my friends, because that is definitely something going to be worth watching, and I cannot wait to see that show. Um, Unsolved Mysteries Part 2 returns in October on the 19th, so I'm, I'm excited for that. I, I was hoping they were going to do more than six episodes. While it does suck that they don't have a host, um, they do pay homage to Robert Stack, of course, in the new intro but uh I love unsolved mysteries because while a lot of them are like cre- crazy wild things they they do end up leading to those mysteries usually getting solved and there's already been a lot of tips and stuff regarding some of the ones from this new season so that's really good and I really enjoy these shows and and that way you get like you get more of an idea of just like how different people around the world and the country live and it's a, it's an insight into just different people and it's always interesting and and fun fun to see for sure because it's it's just it's not it's not normal but it's it's cool to watch like i said it's it's different you got to be into that kind of stuff though at the same time it's not for everyone but it's better than than some other shit that's on tv because at least it's real but that's uh coming back in october um Alex Kurtzman was giving in, uh, was being interviewed and has confirmed that strange new worlds, the new Star Trek show focusing on Captain Pike and his adventures on the enterprise before Kirk, uh, will return to the episodic roots of Star Trek's past, meaning it won't be one uh, serialized story, just like you know how Discovery's been doing and how Picard has been doing. But mainly just like how TNG and Voyager and all them were. It was just they had different stuff every week. While it was still maintaining the same story, they were still doing different things and weren't tied down to one overarching story. I mean, Voyager kind of, because, you know, they were trying to get home. But but I'm excited for that. I'm very excited for another Star Trek show. I've been loving Lower Decks so far. Picard was great. I do want to watch Discovery. TNG is near to my heart. You know, Voyager I enjoy very much. Uh, it's, Deep Space Nine is what got me into Star Trek. Granted, I've, I've soured on it a bit since, but I do need to go back and give DS9 another, another chance. But I'm definitely excited for Strange New Worlds, for sure. Uh, the Duffer Brothers have also confirmed that Season 4 will not be the final season of Stranger Things. It will continue on beyond Season 4. I think everyone kind of knew that. It's a phenomenon that people want to keep going. Now, if they keep telling the story of Eleven, I don't know how long that can go. Because, obviously, the kids are going to get older and older and older. So, that they'll have to tell different stories, either around Hawkins or other places. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, centered around Hawkins and, and Eleven and the kids. Hell, you can go to Russia and see how they got their Demogorgon. You know what I mean? So, it, it's... Something I'm excited to see go beyond it. If, if they expand in the, in the world of Stranger Things, I'm totally okay with that as well. Uh, as long as it keeps the high quality of, of, the, of the, the main series, if they, they continue past it. And hell, I just can't wait for season 4 and see what's going on with Hopper, man. I want to see how he got to Russia. That's for damn sure. Hell, I'll take a whole season about how they built their shit in the mall. Like, how the fuck did that happen without the government knowing? Like, Russia just can't build a base in America and nobody know about it. Ridiculous, man. And then, uh, final thing I want to talk about about TV. Yeah, see, not, not a lot going on. <laughs> not a lot going on this week. It's uh, kind of a weird, dead, dead week for everything, surprisingly. Anyway, uh, Netflix premiered their new docuseries about the video game industry from its beginnings to its its more modern era uh, called High Score. I knocked that out in one afternoon it was that good i was hooked i could not stop watching and it it is very interesting to see the different takes it it goes so it kind of doesn't just do like a blanket thing of the video game industry it kind of starts with like atari then it gets into nintendo and and the home console market then pc doom first person shooter so it's like it's it's all different angles uh, there's one whole episode on like RPGs and stuff and they interview different people from different areas of the gaming industry and it's it's really awesome it's it's a very good show if you don't know a whole lot about video games and just how they've impacted people's lives definitely worth watching there's a whole episode on like competitive gaming and esports it's 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 wild man it is wild it's it's for sure an awesome thing they even dive into you know the rivalry between Nintendo and, and Sega for a bit Granted, if you want like a bitter, better understanding of that, you should definitely read the book Console Wars, which is a very good book as well. But this, um, this is a really good show, documentary series. Definitely check it out on Netflix. But uh, speaking of Netflix, let's talk about what's coming to the streaming services next month. Uh, granted, this is a shortened list. This is not a full list by any means necessary. Uh, Netflix, Back to the Future Trilogy coming September 1st. Anaconda. Coneheads, Pineapple Express, all coming on the first. Uh, Chef's Table sees the Chef's Show season two will drop on the twenty fourth, along with the more modern version of the producers, which is a great musical from Mel Brooks. Uh, Chef's Table, Barbecue on the second. Uh, Jurassic Park, or excuse me, Jurassic World, Camp Cretaceous on the eighteenth, and uh, Enola Holmes, the new movie starring Millie Bobby Brown as. Sherlock's Holmes' Younger Sister drops on the 23rd. Uh, coming to Disney Plus this month, quite a few things. Uh, but Mighty Ducks, D2 and D3 on the 4th. And Christopher Robin drops on the 11th. Um, and uh, The Wolverine and Mulan also come on the 4th as well. Remember, Mulan will cost you about $20 to rent via Disney Plus. I like how their X-Men movie... Showcases is getting bigger and bigger. I'm I'm into that. Uh, as for Amazon, Casino Royale drops on the first. The Boys season two next Friday, and Gemini Man, the Will Smith movie from Ang Lee, comes out on the 18th of July on Amazon Prime Video. But that's it for streaming services. Let's uh, let's talk about what's going on in the movie world here. Thomas Jane, who has been in three, yes three. ...different Stephen King adaptations Uh, through his producing company... ...will be adapting Stephen King's Tales from a Buick 8 for a film. He's hired a director, and uh, a lot of things. This was on the Stephen king Focus podcast. But, as you can expect, Stephen King keeps rolling along... ...as one of the most adapted uh, book writers, authors in history. I know you guys are holding out hope for The Matrix 4... But unfortunately, one familiar face will not be joining the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar. Or what's left of the Nebuchadnezzar, I should say. But Lawrence Fishburne has confirmed that he was not asked by the Wachowski sisters to return. um, Which is unfortunate. Granted, I'm pretty sure Morpheus died in 3. Granted, I thought Neo was uh, was dead as well. So I'm not entirely sure what's going on. And Agent Smith, of course, isn't returning either. So... I I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this movie. Because, yeah, bring back Neo. But, you know, Morpheus too. Please? Maybe? I I don't know. Granted, how that franchise ended was... I don't know. Um, Morgan Hill, the production company, has hinted that they may be working on a reboot of the Exorcist franchise. Excuse me, Morgan Creek, the, the production company, has announced that they might be working on a new... Exorcist film... Uh, It has been about 15 years... since the release of the last... movie. However... what doesn't make sense... is five years ago they said they would never... make a reboot. Or remake. So... I... I don't understand... what... uh... What they're doing with that. I'm a little confused. I don't think we need another Exorcist. I wonder if its production will be as plagued as the originals. Anyway. <laughs> uh, the Batman. The film from Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson. Will pro- resume production next month. Or is expected to. We'll talk about more about that movie in a little bit. When we talk about DC fandom. Anyway, (laughs) I don't know why I said it like that. Um, New Mutants will still release this Friday. uh, Just not in my part of California. As, you know, they haven't reopened the theaters yet. Which means I'm going to have to watch Bill and Ted from Home. Because that releases on Friday as well. But, you know... Not happy about that. So... I'm not, uh... Too jazzed, I wish that it would, you know, bring that into, what am I saying, I don't know, what I'm saying is I want the movie theaters to be fucking open, okay, but, you know, they're not, and that fucking sucks, so, because I could have been seeing a couple movies this weekend, and I'm not, but, anyway, before I get too angry, uh, Sony is moving forward with their Craven the Hunter movie. Uh, you know, inside of their Spider-Man universe type of thing. And it looks like they have hired J.C. Chandler Chandor, to direct the film. He's also known for the movie Triple Threat. So it's good to see things moving along in that realm. I wonder who they'll cast as Kraven, though. I saw some fun fan art as uh, of... Um Wow, what I can't think of his name, Aquaman. I wow, I am drawing a massive blank. Anyway, I saw him as Craven. Uh, some fan art, it was interesting. I don't know why I'm struggling. Jason Momoa, of course. We'll talk about him in a little bit too. Anyway, no word yet on if Craven's been cast. They just have a director. Also, got word this this week that a remake of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is coming. While well, uh, the remake, of course, it's not a sequel or a reboot, so no Steve Martin or John Candy. Well, no John Candy for obvious reasons, but but uh, the, the remake will have Will Smith and Kevin Hart going on the titular planes, trains, and automobiles. Now, this is a potential amazing movie. Will Smith is great in, in comedies, um, and the only thing, Kevin Hart is good too, Kevin Hart's great in buddy movies. I don't know what the chemistry between Will Smith and Kevin Hart is going to be like. And that is going to be the key to this movie. Because the chemistry between John Candy and Steve Martin was was off the charts amazing. So it comes down to the chemistry between the two. And granted, if Kevin Hart can make an amazing, hilarious movie with Ice Cube, an amazing, hilarious movie with The Rock, an amazing, hilarious movie with Tiffany Haddish, I don't see him having an issue making a hilarious movie with Will Smith. So it, it's got a lot of potential and I hope it does well because the, the great the original movie is is like one of the greatest comedies of, of all time. It's a it's a an 80s classic. So it's, it's got a lot of potential that it has to live up to as well. But um, speaking of sequels, reboots, and things like this, we finally got a look at what the Toon Squad jerseys will look like in Space Jam 2. Uh, LeBron showed them off on his Instagram. I'm not feeling these jerseys, man. They are very, very modern. Uh, They have the the giant, like, Looney Tunes logo, like, on the side of the jersey, though, which is kind of weird. Like, why isn't that in front? Overall, I'm just not feeling the jersey. It looks like an alternate jersey more than anything. And, uh, I don't know, whatever. Uh, It's nothing to complain about. We need to see the movie first, right? (laughs) We need to see the movie before we start complaining about what the jersey looks like. And... Anyway, moving on, Um, it turns out Frank Miller and Darren Aronofsky wrote a Batman film that was passed over by WB executives, but it was going to be an R-rated version of Year One, which of course Frank Miller wrote, and now I'm just like, I want this movie, I want this movie now, I want it done yesterday. Right? Right? No. Uh, That would have been cool. Granted, you know how People don't like Edgelord Batman from Frank Miller too much, so who knows. But moving on, I, I would have taken the movie. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's new Pinocchio movie has announced its cast, including Ewan McGregor as Jiminy Cricket. Uh, David Bradley, who you might know as Walder Frey from Game of Thrones, or Mr. Filch from the Harry Potter films, has been cast as Geppetto. Uh, also in unannounced roles, Christoph Waltz, Tilda Swinton. Ron Perlman, Kate Blanchett, and many others. So this movie is going to be really good. They've been filming it since last last year. It's a stop motion film uh, that will premiere on Netflix in the near future. And uh, if you guys, if you live in LA, you might have noticed Saucer Baron Cohen running around as Borat, as some social media and online posts have hinted at potential Borat 2 currently being filmed in the city. So keep an eye out. For that uh, John Carpenter has teased a possible reboot of The Thing from Bloom House. Uh, he was at a recent convention and hinted that he may be working with Jason Bloom on The Thing, and it's one of the projects he holds most dear to his heart. The Thing to me is one of the best horror films. Um, Kurt Russell and um, Keith David, very good film. Wilford Brimley, <laughs> um, rest in peace but other than that it, it is definitely 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 a great movie and if bloomhouse redoes it then then we we're sure to be on on track for an amazing remake but i am very very excited to see how that turns out if it comes to comes to fruition um and one couple of movie stories i want to talk about before we get to dc fandom um Kathleen Kennedy was speaking with the rap, and she was talking about now that they've pretty much end ended the Skywalker saga. They've reached like the end of their main story, you know, the one that George set in motion forty plus years ago. Um, but essentially, she's quoted as saying, uh, "Now we're stepping back with with the Skywalker saga being over." Uh, quote. Stories have been told within this universe over the last 40 odd years and there's now the realization that this is a mythology that actually spans about 25,000 years. When you really start to look at all the different stories that have been told, whether it's in books and games, we just need the time to step back and really absorb what George has created and then start to think about where things might go. That's we—that's what we've been doing and we've been having a great deal of fun doing it and meeting with lots of different filmmakers and talent. There's so many fans out there and so many filmmakers that have been influenced by Star Wars for so long that it's a fantastic opportunity to get a sense of who wants to be a part of this. So that's what we've been doing, end quote. Um, You know, of course, movies are supposed to come out starting in 2023. Season 2 of The Mandalorian is coming later this year. She does want to focus on TV shows. Uh, She said, quote, I've already seen evidence of it. The ability to be very character-driven with extended storytelling and connected storytelling, I think this space offers us a great opportunity to do that, end quote. Obviously, of course, the Obi-Wan show is going to start production. So I, I like to see and hear this uh, from her, that they they just want to make sure they do things right, and focus on on getting the right story, because obviously they had some ups and downs with the Skywalker saga and the solo film, and Honestly, I'm, I'm excited no matter what. I can't wait to see what the Ryan Johnson trilogy ends up being. I can't wait to see what these other films end up being. If we get an old Republic movie, I'm going to go crazy. If we get more Star Wars TV shows, I'm going to go crazy. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked on life here. And I can't wait to see what, what happens with the Bad Batch TV show as well. Um, so I, I still respect the leadership of Kathleen Kennedy. I know a lot of people want her to go... But a lot of people don't realize she's done a lot of good for the community as well and for the fandom. So, granted, out of the five films that have been produced under her tutelage, I've enjoyed three of them very much so. And out of the numerous TV shows that she has produced under her now, almost all of them have been good, with the exception of Star Wars Resistance. Uh, granted, you know, Rebels had a slow start, but no matter what. Uh, she brought the Clone Wars back, the Mandalorian is awesome, we're getting an Obi-Wan show, the Bad Batch is coming, I am not, uh, not concerned at all, at all. Rebels brought in Grand Admiral Thrawn, like, I'm, I'm okay with pretty much almost every decision she's made, except the booting of the old EU, and I get why, and I get why they got rid of the Expanded Universe, but... They brought Thrawn back in a great way, and Timothy Zahn is writing it, so that's all that matters. Speaking of which, the next book in the Thrawn, the new Thrawn trilogy about his rise to to, to infamy launches next month, so we'll be talking about that next month. Uh, final bit of t- movie news here, though, before we go into DC Fandom. Uh, it has been announced that Ben Affleck will be donning the cowl once again and is returning to the role of Bruce Wayne in Batman. While unfortunately it will not be in a solo outing, he will be in the Flash film, and per director Andrew, Andy Muschietti, uh, it will be a substantial role. Uh, He was talking with Vanity Fair, and he said that uh, Barry Allen and Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne have a stronger relationship than some of the others. Um, Quote, he's a very substantial part of and of the emotional impact of the movie. The interaction and relationship between Barry and Affleck's Wayne will bring an emotional level that we haven't seen before. It's Barry's movie, it's Barry's story, but their characters are more related than we think. They both lost their mothers to murder. And that's one of the emotional vessels of the movie. That's where the Affleck Batman kicks in. Uh, He's kept a lot of other things under wraps. He also said, quote, His Batman has a dichotomy that is very strong, which is his masculinity, because of the way he looks and the imposing figure that he has, and his jawline, but he's also very vulnerable, Uh, Then he also went on to say, quote, he knows how to deliver form from the inside out. That vulnerability, he just needs a story that allows him to bring that contrast, that balance, end quote, talking about Affleck, of course. Um, uh, Producer Barbara Muschietti, his wife, said that affleck agreed to sign back on especially after announcing his exit for quote, there have been some all sorts of stories and things he said himself about having a very hard time playing batman and it had been difficult for him i think it was more about a difficult time in his life when he, we approached him he's now in a very different time in his life he was very open to it which was a bit of a surprise to us it was a question mark we're all human and go through great times in our lives. And terrible times in our lives. Right now he's in a place where he can't actually enjoy being Batman. It's a pivotal role. But at the same time it's a fun part. End quote. I am so jazzed for this. Because Ben Affleck is my second favorite Batman. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Michael Keaton of course is still my favorite. And the fact that we're getting two of my favorite Batman. In one movie with the Flash. Is. Is. Uh, like I-, I am so jazzed on this. You don't understand how, how excited I am. I am like, I, I know it doesn't sound it, but like since this was announced, I've just been so hyped. Like when, when Ben Affleck said he wasn't going to make his Batman movie and he was stepping away, I was devastated. Because I know Ben Affleck's a good director. And, and he killed it in BVS and, and in Justice League. And I can't wait to see what we see of him in the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. So the fact that he gets to come back and play around still in the DCU is amazing. And the fact that he gets to do it with with Michael Keaton... I don't know if they'll cross paths, but that's even better. Right? I am so, so, so happy that this is happening. I, I just... Hopefully this reinvigorates people's like of him as Batman. And hopefully, hopefully, maybe they'll give him a chance to play Batman in a solo film again one day. Granted, it all comes down to how the Robert Pattinson Batman movie does, which we will talk to in just a second, because now we're going to talk about DC FanDome. Uh, DC FanDome was the all-encompassing fan event for DC Comics, which was 24 hours of of content. Um, It was originally supposed to be a whole lot more going on all concurrently, but after fan feedback, they decided to split it in two. Uh, Hall of Heroes was, of course, this past Saturday. But now, uh, and Explore the Multiverse will come on the September 12th. Uh, the Hall of Heroes was all the big-name content, so we're going to talk about the new video games, the new movies. Um, but look out for it on September 12th for the rest of DC Fandom uh, events. So the biggest stuff happening that was announced. Um, of course, we're going to start off with the fact that they had a flash panel. And the movies and TVs TV uh, shows are now part of the same multiverse, essentially. Granted, that was pretty much confirmed during Crisis on Infinite Earths when when the TV Flash and movie Flash met and interacted with each other. Uh, but that's nice to hear. We also got some concept art shown off of, of a new Flash costume, and Andy Muschietti uh, talked about how the new Flash costume was actually designed by Batman. Um, which Batman, we don't know, as we now know there are several Batman in the film. But one of the concept art's... Uh, they showed off showed The Flash interacting in a scene with Keaton's Batman in some capacity. So I'm very excited to see how that plays out. And I wonder if it's Keaton's Batman who creates the suit for him. Because that'd be fucking badass, dude. That would be so sick if they did that. Um, then we got a new trailer for Wonder Woman. This movie looks so fun and vibrant. Patty Jenkins, I think, knocked it out of the park again. But but it... it I think we might find out why Diana doesn't talk about this, like, in BVS and stuff, and they don't talk about it at all in in the history, because, granted, it's a little bit retconning. But with Pedro Pascal playing Maxwell Lord, who is a mind control, like, uh, has psycho powers in in the comics, and it looks like he might be taking control of, like, the people of the planet, that might explain why maybe it gets erased from memory. Um, We also get our first look at Kristen Wiig as the Cheetah. And yes, Kristen Wiig is known for being a comedian, but she's trying to do more serious roles and can pull it off. And her take as the cheetah can be a make-or-break moment for this movie. You know, I'm not worried about Pedro Pascal, I'm not worried about Gal Gadot, I'm not worried about, you know, Chris Pine back as as Steve Trevor, which we're now getting confirmation is the original Steve Trevor. How he survived, we still don't fucking know. But this movie is going to be fucking great, and I can't wait to watch it. Then, we got news on the Suicide Squad cast, and it's full reveal, and we got a background video, or a behind-the-scenes video, but the the cast confirmed Idris Elba is playing Bloodsport, uh, Margot Robbie, of course, back as Harley Quinn, John Cena is playing Peacemaker, Viola Davis is back as Amanda Waller, Jai Courtney is back as Captain Boomerang, so it's it's not a full... Uh, it's not a full reboot, but it's not a true sequel either. Because I mean, with the Suicide Squad, you can't really do a sequel. Um, Joel Kinnaman is back as Rick Flag. Now newcomers: David Dest Dest Malkian is playing Polka Dot Man. Um, going back for a second, Idris Elba playing Blood Bloodsport is a pretty much a stand-in because Will Smith couldn't come back as Deadshot. So Deadshot's not gone; he's just not in this particular film. David Dest Dest Malkian is playing Polka Dot Man, a Batman villain. Uh, Daniela Melchior is playing Ratcatcher Two. Steve Agee is playing King Shark, who surprisingly looks like not as good as the CW King Shark. So that's that's what kind of threw me off. Granted, they have time to to fix that in post. Uh, Sean Gunn, you know uh, James Gunn's brother, is playing Weasel. He also played Rocket, or he stood in for Rocket in the Guardians films. Flula Borg is playing Javelin. Uh, Nathan Fillion is playing TDK, a completely original character that James Gunn created. Peter Capaldi is playing the Thinker, so a movie version of the the most one of the most recent Flash villains. Uh, Pete Davidson is playing Blackguard, uh, a former Batman villain. Alice Braga is playing Sol Soria. Uh, Mailing Ng is playing Mongal, the sister to Mongol, the Superman villain, and uh, Michael Rooker is playing Batman villain Savant. Um, what's interesting, though, is Bloodsport is in prison for shooting Superman with a kryptonite bullet. But other than that, the, the backdrop of the film looks like it might be taking place in Santa Prisca. Because uh, it looks like it's a tropical South American country. Um, I wonder if that means Bane will be involved at all. But granted, you know, it's it would be weird to, to bring it... I don't know. It looks like Santa Prisca. Granted, there's other South American countries that exist in the DC Universe. My mind goes to that, though, automatically. Especially if the military and the Suicide Squad squad are involved. But other than that, I can't wait till they release a new trailer. A full trailer instead of a, a background video. Um, I have been seeing some stuff online. It looks like Starro might be the villain. And if there's some blink-and-you-miss-it things, that if you freeze at the right moment, there appears to be what look like starfish on some soldiers' faces. So maybe the rumors that came out, earlier in the year may be true, and Starro is the villain of the Suicide Squad. But other than that, I'm excited. Uh, Aquaman 2, James Wan said it will be a little more serious and also have parts of horror in the film. Um, Then we got our first teaser concept art trailer for Black Adam, even though the movie hasn't even started filming yet. The Rock given like a voiceover. Uh, Looks like they announced that the Black Adam movie will have the Rock's Black Adam facing off the Justice Society against the Justice Society of America. So we already had, you know, um, Adam Smasher cast, but he'll also go up against Doctor Fate, Hawkman, and Cyclone. I'm stoked to see a Doctor Fate on screen. That's going to be really fucking cool. Um, but we have no idea yet on who will play the other characters. The concept art looks really sick of 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 The Rock. In his um, outfit as Black Adam. And uh, speaking about Conduck. And I wonder though if the jokes about him and Ryan Reynolds. And Ryan Reynolds playing uh, Hawkman end up being true. But not not much to talk about there. They're going to start filming that next year. Then we got a trailer for the Snyder Cut. And in this trailer not a single piece in that trailer was in the theatrical cut. We also got our first really, really good look at, at Darkseid when he was Uxus or Euxis. Uh That opens the trailer. Then we see more of like the nightmare scenario from Batman vs. Superman where Darkseid essentially takes over the planet. That had a lot of hint- interesting hints in it. Um, some alternative scenes than what was in the Wedding Cut. Like Silas Stone, Cyborg's father, being killed by a mother box. Some alternate shots that were in the original trailers for the film, but weren't in the wedding version. Um, We got our look at how Steppenwolf is going to appear in the Snyder Cut, which is closer in line with how he appeared in the uh, deleted scene from BVS. Uh, More images of Black Suit Superman, which are more in line with the comic story, where he wore a black suit to help him heal faster after coming back from the dead. And overall, it just has a different tone, a different feel, and I am very, very excited to see where this goes. Granted, I knew, I knew this movie had a lot of potential. And look, I didn't mind the version of the film that came out. Watching it again later, though, it's clear that there's a lot of shit that's missing. Um, you know, you, there's a lot of characters that were put back in the film. Like you get to see Iris West, Kiersey Clemens part. Uh, he said that uh, Zack Snyder said that Cyborg is integral to the story. We see more of that interaction. He said the Flash is a quantum character and time travel might be involved, so who knows. I'm just overall excited to see more of this film. Hopefully we get to see Martian Manhunter. I cannot wait to see how it all plays out. And it was also confirmed that it will air in four parts, so four one-hour films. uh, And there will be a way to view it all in one, I'm guessing, when it's complete. Hopefully they all get released. Like, in quick succession. Like, I don't want to be waiting, like, fucking months in between. But four parts, Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League next year. Then, we got a trailer for Matt Reeves' The Batman. Um, Before we talk about the trailer, I just want to talk about Matt Reeves' interview about the film beforehand. And not super jazzed about some of the things he said, because it's all stuff you've never seen before. Interpretations you've never seen before, and... That worries me sometimes when you start talking like that about Batman, because then you start getting into territory, like, you might stray too far. But, other than that, I am very, very excited to see how this goes. And it opens up with an introduction to the Riddler, who is very devious in this film, and very, very dark take. Very, like, uh, a lot of people have been comparing it a lot to, like, Seven... And some other like David Fincher type films. Um, you get your first look at Penguin, uh, at Selena Kyle, at the Riddler. Of course, uh, it is not taking place in the '90s like previously thought. As a lot of modern technology is shown off, we get more of a look at um. Why can't I think of his name? Um, as uh, Commissioner Gordon, but uh, it they, they confirm that this is like year two for Batman, so it's not year one, so it's not an origin story. Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. He looks really good as Gordon, so I'm really stoked on that. He looks like he really cares about being a good detective and things like that, as they, they hint at some things. And the the new Bat costume looks really good in action, uh, a- after photos looked kind of weird. It uh, looks like to be a mix of like the old ones, some of the comics, some of the video games, so it's a nice good mix there. The, the fighting looks really good as well, from what Lil you can see. The Batmobile looks really nice. And I'm excited to see what they do with the Riddler. But most of all, one of the best lines, and it's think, something you don't expect. It's like someone asks him, who are you supposed to be? And he just beats the shit out of this dude, and he responds, I am vengeance. And I'm like, oh, fuck yes. That got me so hyped. Like, I'm tired of the I'm Batman line. Like, I am vengeance. Like in the cartoon, I am vengeance. I am the night... I am Batman. And if he says that line, like... Ooh, this movie has so much potential to be better than the Nolan films. I'm going to reserve judgment if it will take place as my favorite Batman movie from Batman 89. Of course, we got to see what happens. I still think Batfleck is a little bit better than, than, Chris, uh, than Robert Pattinson. Granted, he's playing a different, younger Batman than we're used to seeing, so who knows. But... This movie has a lot of potential, and I'm not going to write it off just yet. Because again, Matt Reeves is a great director. So I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, That was it for the big movies they announced. We also got our first look at the new WB Montreal Batman game, which is now confirmed to be called Gotham Knights. It will be co-op or single player, and you can switch between the different characters. You are confirmed to play as Red Hood, Robin, the Tim Drake Robin, Batgirl, or Nightwing. Um, it releases next year for all the systems, and they showed off some gameplay where you go up against Mr. Freeze. Uh, this will not take place in the Arkhamverse. Batman is dead, at least it assi- assume seems that way. Uh, and you can uh, play co-op with your friends, you can jump in and out of the game, it does, you don't have to worry about that. Your progression will be your progression, and... It looks like the. it also confirmed that the Court of Owls will be involved in some capacity as as the main villains, as well as their henchmen, the Talons. So this this has me hyped, because the Court of Owls has been one of the greatest additions to the Batman mythos, uh, added by Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder when the New 52 launched. And including them in a game is, is going to be perf- near perfect, if you ask me. I am excited to see this game, even though it is co-op and for... The the four different characters, I'm I'm totally jazzed. It's a Batman game. I'm going to play it. It looks fun. WB Montreal knows how to make a Batman game, even though Batman Arkham Origins isn't the best. But they know what they're doing, and I'm not worried. And the fact that each character has a different play style has me jazzed as well. Uh, On top of that, we also finally got... More news around Rocksteady's next game, which is the Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. And it is a continuation of the Arkhamverse, so it is is those characters. Uh, You get to switch between four different players. It's an open-world metropolis, so yes, we're going to Metropolis this time. Uh, It looks like Brainiac has taken over the Justice League, and you can swap between... So, the Gotham Knights, you play each character separately. They have their own stories, whereas this is one story where you can switch between them. Uh, like, on the fly, and they all have different tactics and, and maneuvers and uh, playability. You can play as Harley Quinn, King Shark, Captain Boomerang, or Deadshot. The game will release in 2022, and uh, that's kind of it. Not a whole lot is known. They they showed off Superman in the trailer. They showed off King Shark, has a really cool vibe. Kind of fits with, like, the current DCEU Aquaman, where he's got a lot of... Um, like, Polynesian-style tattoos on him, and Harley Quinn looks f- as fun as ever, so I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm happy that it's the Arkhamverse, though, for sure, so either this takes place, uh, it will either take place before Arkham Knight, and Batman is still alive, or after Arkham Knight, when Batman is seemingly dead, but... I'm not entirely sure. I'm stoked on the game. Too bad it was just a cinematic and we got to wait another year and a half at least probably before that game comes out. But Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League will release in 2022. Um, Also got an announcement for Shazam 2. It will be called Fury of the Gods, whatever that might mean. Um, Also confirmed the Long Halloween is getting two... A two-part animated adaptation. Uh, Season 7 of The Flash will premiere early in 2021. And it will use what they didn't get to finish for Season 7. So they did start... They were filming some of the final episodes for Season 6. That's going to get all tied into Season 7. And then also announced for Titans, they will be adding Red Hood, Oracle, and Scarecrow to the show in some capacity. Uh, that's it for DC Fandom, which was really awesome. Um, not the greatest in quality, but otherwise pretty good. Uh, just a couple of things to go over before we wrap up. Uh, Ready Player Two, which was recently announced, the sequel to Ready Player One, uh, will be written by Ernest Cline. Will Wheaton, or Will Wheaton, as Stewie would say, is returning to voice the audiobook version. Uh, that releases in November. Um... What also is really cool, Lego has announced new Braille bricks uh, to help kids who can't really see well play with Lego and learn Braille as well as a as a as a fun way to learn to learn Braille. I think that's pretty fucking awesome, if you ask me. So that's that's really cool, and they're different bricks with the the Braille lettering. Um, and then finally, the loot wear from February finally came in. Um, the wearable is. A long sleeve shirt from uh, Wee Bear Bears. I've never seen this show. But they're like Grizz, Pan Pan, and Ice Bear as like ice cream cones. And they got like candies on the long sleeve. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know anything about Wee Bear Bears. So I'll just wear it because it's a nice long sleeve shirt. <laughs> and the winner's coming. Um, but the Piece de Resistance, if you will, the Loot Tea. Is a Animaniacs shirt with Wacko, Yakko, and Dot. And they're bursting out of somewhere. And they have, like, polka dot clothes on. Um I can't wait to wear this fucking shirt, if you ask me. Because the Animaniacs are awesome. One of my favorite shows growing up. Because we're Animaniacs. <laughs> dot is cute. And Yakko Yakster Echo packs away the snacks Well Clinton plays a sex. We're animaniacs. <laughs> that's a nice way to cap off the show. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, next week we'll be talking about Gamescom because that's tomorrow night. I will watch Bill and Ted this weekend, so we'll have a review of Bill and Ted Face the Music. And other than that, I think we're caught up with everything else. Thank you guys for listening this week. As always, check out nixnerdnews.com where you can listen to the show right there in your browser. Or if you like, you can find links to our Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify pages. Uh, While you're there, why don't you listen, like, and subscribe on one of your preferred services. We are still in the process of trying to get on iHeartRadio and, of course, uh, Amazon Podcasts as well. But other than that, while you're at NixterNews.com, don't forget to check out our social media tab where you can see all of our feeds from Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We post a lot of funny, hilarious memes, so you can check those out. If not, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at News. Just uh, take a look for us there. Other than that, thank you guys for listening. Just uh, make sure to check in next week. I will catch you guys on the flip side.